0: Welcome to the World War II radio podcast. Today is the 8th anniversary of the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, December 7th, 1941. In recognition of this date, we are sharing multiple broadcasts on the date of the attack. you also hear several other related episodes later this week. This episode features two segments. The first has H.V. Kaltenbohr as he reports on and analyzes the news of the attack for NBC. Coltonburn was a newspaper reporter and radio commentator for both CBS and NBC from the 1920s to the 1950s. Edward R. Murrow called him the dean of radio commentators. He even portrayed himself in three movies, including Mr. Smith Goes to Washington with James Stewart. Our second segment is an address by New York Mayor Fiora LaGuardia over WNYC to the residents of the nation's largest city. Following the news of the attack. The World War II Radio Podcast is a brick-pickle media production. If you like the show, please leave feedback on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. You can also support the show by clicking on the link in the show notes and offering your financial support. Your donations help us to continue to produce the podcast. And thanks to those of you who have already donated. So thanks for listening, and enjoy this episode of the World War II Radio Podcast.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little At this time each Sunday, the National Broadcasting Company presents H.B. Kaltenborn, Dean of Radio Commentators, who today will analyze and interpret the day's startling news from the Pacific. Mr. Kaltenborn. Good afternoon, everybody. Japan has made war upon the United States without declaring it. Airplanes, presumably from aircraft carriers, have attacked the great Pearl Harbor Naval Base on the island of Oahu in the Hawaiian Islands, and have attacked Manila capital of the Philippines. There has been damage. Some fires were started. About 50 planes participated in the attack on the Hawaiian Islands. Many, according to a bulletin that has just come in, were shot down. This attack occurred at the very moment when Ambassador Nomura and Special Envoy Caruso were at the State Department discussing the possibility of peace between Japan and the United States. We know that Japan set a precedent for this kind of attack in the Russo-Japanese War when she attacked the Japanese, uh, the Russian fleet without a declaration of war while that fleet was not expecting attack. However, the United States was not unprepared for attack. Anti-aircraft guns immediately went into action and were responsible for bringing down many of the Japanese planes. We have no details from what happened in Manila, but they may come along before this broadcast is finished. Let me now tell you exactly what happened in the order in which it developed here in the NBC newsroom. At 2.25 came the first flash. White House announces Japanese have attacked Pearl Harbor. Ten minutes later came this announcement. From the White House, the Japanese airplanes attacked Pearl Harbor and all naval and military activities on the island of Oahu. That is the principal island of the Hawaiian group. It is the one upon which American military and naval establishments are located. It is a great fortified center of American military and naval strength in the center of the Pacific. White House Secretary Hurley received the information from the President, who presumably received it directly from the Navy. And his announcement said, The Japanese have attacked Pearl Harbor from the air, and all naval and military activities on the island of Oahu, the principal American base in the Hawaiian Islands. That announcement was made to all press associations by telephone, and immediately after making it, Mr. Perry hurried to the White House for conference with the President. The Navy refused to issue any statements on its own account and said that all information would be channeled through the White House. Following the attack on Pearl Harbor, Came news only two minutes later of the Japanese attack on Manila. The White House announced that a Japanese attack on Army and Navy bases at Manila was reported to the President. Then began the dispatches from private sources, from the association representatives themselves. The United Press reported that Oahu Island was attacked by unidentified airplanes. It is natural that the press correspondent does not know just what particular nationality planes belong to, but the Navy knows Japanese planes when it sees them. Policemen and firemen
0: were immediately
1: ordered in a radio broadcast to go to the Army and Navy posts to which they were assigned in the city of Honolulu. Smoke of anti-aircraft guns rose over the Pearl Harbor Navy Yard immediately when the attack began, and heavy smoke also drifted up from Hickam Airfield in the Pearl Harbor area, this apparently from the fires set by incendiary bombs. Other witnesses said that fires broke out on Ford Island. Ford Island is an important military island located in the center of Pearl Harbor, and many military establishments are located on that island. The dispatch from Fort Shafter in Hawaiian Island, which came by telephone from Honolulu, states that 50 unidentified airplanes attacked the island of Oahu. The main targets appear to be Hickam Field and, of course, the great naval base at Pearl Harbor. So far as is known, the attacks on Hawaii and Manila were made wholly without warning. This is the first sentence of a statement that has just come from the State Department in Washington. The statement reads, So far as is known, the attacks on Hawaii and Manila were made wholly without warning when both nations were at peace. And they were delivered within an hour or so of the time that Japanese Ambassador Nomura and Japan's special envoy, Mr. Caruso, has gone to the State Department and handed to the Secretary of State Japan's reply to the Secretary's memorandum of November 26. You may remember that yesterday we received the reply from Japan to the President's comment and request for information with regard to troop movements in Indochina. This afternoon, Mr. Caruso and Mr. Nomura bring to the Secretary of State the reply to Mr. Hull's general memorandum in which he called for a return to the basic principles of international law. The State Department goes on in its special statement just Quote, As soon as the information of the attack was received by the War and Navy Departments, it was flashed immediately to the President at the White House. The President directed the Army and Navy ...to execute the previously prepared orders, looking to the defense of the United States. And you may rest assured that both our army, and particularly our navy and our air force, were not caught by surprise by this attack. They knew what they might have to expect, and they were ready for anything that might happen. They have been ready for a long time, and their readiness... ...has been developed increasingly in recent weeks and days. Let me go back to the telephone message that came from Fort Shafter, Hawaii. Fifty unidentified airplanes attacked the island of Oahu today. There's a first point. It indicates that it was a relatively small aircraft carrier... ...that brought to these planes. However, it's possible, of course, that these first fifty will return and that then others will take off and continue the attack. However, since the element of surprise is now over, it seems less likely that this particular aircraft carrier will linger very long in the vicinity where the great mass of the United States fleet is located. We'll get news of naval action before long. The main targets this dispatch again declares For Hickman Field, the great airfield, and the great naval base at Pearl Harbor. Obviously, bombing the airfield is intended to prevent the taking off of planes which would seek out the aircraft carrier or of fighting craft which would attack the attacking bombing planes. Here is information received by NBC from Honolulu. It says that the air attacks on Hawaii... Were staged by unidentified planes flying at an altitude of about 20,000 feet. Bombs fell near the building housing the Honolulu Advertiser. So far, there are no reports of damage. The defenses on the island immediately went into action. Anti-aircraft guns sent showers of shells into the air. Obviously, if the Japanese know what they are about, they will not waste their bombs on the city of Honolulu. They will concentrate them on the important military objectives at adjoining Pearl Harbor. Here is something from the White House. The president immediately called in the secretaries of the war and the Navy and is now trying to contact his congressional leaders. That's the end of the statement that has just come from Washington. The latest information that they have in the Capitol is that the attacks are still in progress. That would be natural enough since obviously this is the beginning and not the end of an important military action. We've just had word from Washington that an army transport carrying lumber has been torpedoed 1,300 miles west of San Francisco. This is further evidence of a carefully long-planned attack against the United States. This is evidence the Japanese warships, Japanese aircraft carriers, Japanese planes, Japanese submarines, have for some time been en route to their station for the attack on the United States, which is now underway. London was naturally electrified by the news of the air attack on Hawaii and on Manila. Official quarters in London had been alert for some signs of the first outbreak in the Far Eastern warfare, but they had not expected it to come from that area, which simply means that most of us had had our attention diverted by the movement of Japanese ships in the direction of Singapore. Yesterday, you remember, the President had word that a large Japanese convoy was entering the Gulf of Siam. We have had word that large numbers of Japanese troops have been gathered in Indochina. And it is evident now that this was something of a blind, something to make us think that no nearer attack was impending. And obviously, it was all part of long-planned Japanese strategy to get all the advantage that comes when you get the jump on your potential enemy, when you are in action before he has had a chance, to get into action when you strike first. And that is exactly what Japan has done. There are unverified reports from Pearl Harbor that a foreign warship has appeared off Pearl Harbor and has begun firing at the defenses in that highly fortified post. The sound of cannon firing comes to Honolulu, to the U.P. correspondent, I believe it is, who is telephoning this story to the San Francisco Associated Press Office. So it is the AP correspondent who tells us that there are unverified reports of a foreign warship appearing off Pearl Harbor. However, remember that the basis for that is cannon fire. And obviously, with bombs exploding in Pearl Harbor, with anti-aircraft cannons roaring in action, it is quite possible that it is these noises, and not the attack of a warship on Pearl Harbor that was responsible. It seems unlikely that the Japanese with such few fleet units as they could spare for an attack on Pearl Harbor would risk those units in a direct attack on the great defenses of that naval base. Presidential Secretary Early declares this afternoon that so far as is known now, the attacks were made wholly without warning. At a time when both nations were at peace, and were delivered within an hour of the time that the Japanese ambassador went to the State Department to hand in the reply to the Secretary's memorandum of the 26th. Secretary of State Cordell Hull, today, according to a bulletin just in from Washington, angrily told the Japanese peace or war envoys that their government's answer to his recent document on the United States position in the party. ...was crowded with infamous falsehoods and distortions. That frank speech from the Secretary of the United States... ...to the envoys of Japan. It indicates the end of peaceful relations. It means that those envoys will be sent packing home. And the United States, through no fault of its own... ...without anything for which it is responsible at the very moment when it was finally making a last effort to maintain peace. The United States has been attacked and the United States will know how to answer that attack. Good afternoon. You have been listening to Mr. H.V. Kaltenborn, noted news analyst. This is the National Broadcasting Company.
2: that we are in an extreme crisis. Anyone familiar with world conditions will know that the Nazi government is masterminding Japanese policy and the action taken by the Japanese Government this afternoon. It was carrying out the now known Nazi technique of murder by surprise. So there is no doubt that the thugs and gangsters now controlling the Nazi government. Are responsible and have guided the Japanese government in the attack on American territory and the attack on the Philippine Islands. Therefore, I want to warn the people of this city and on the Atlantic coast that we must not and cannot feel secure or assured because we are on the Atlantic coast and the activities this afternoon have taken place in the Pacific. We must be prepared for anything at any time. As mayor of the city of New York, and on my own responsibility, I have ordered all Japanese subjects to remain in their homes until their status is determined by our federal government. The officers of the Japanese Consulate General are now being protected by the police department. Until the status of the Japanese Consulate General is determined by our federal government, He will be protected and escorted to and from his office. I have ordered on my own responsibility a Japanese club in this city to be closed in keeping with my order that all Japanese subjects must remain in their homes until their status is determined and further orders issued. As mayor, I have been in communication and in touch with all the necessary federal agencies in this city. There is full and complete cooperation I have reported the action taken by the city government to the governor of our state. I have been in communication and in touch with the authorities in Washington. I now want to appeal to the people of our city be calm. There is no need of being excited or unduly alarmed. But I want to repeat what I said before, that we are not out of the danger zone by any means. And to be prepared to receive Instructions and to cooperate at any time that instructions are given to the citizens of this city and to cooperate with any plan that may be announced for their protection and the protection of their home. As United States Director of Civilian Defense, I am communicating with all regional officers, instructing them to communicate with the governors of the states within their regions, and asking the governors, state, and local councils to intensify the training of Air Raid Wardens and Auxiliary Fire Forces. More detailed instructions to the Regional Directors will follow. To all Air Raid Wardens and Auxiliary Firemen, now enrolled, I'm asking them to prepare to attend daily drills. It is necessary that we be on the alert at all times. My friends, we must toughen up. We have our homes and our lands to defend now. We must remain cool and yet determined. We're aware of the danger ahead, but unafraid. In the meantime, know that your city government is on the job and looking after your welfare and comfort and safety. Tomorrow, in all likelihood, We will know exactly where we stand when we hear from Washington. We can all rest assured that our national government will take the necessary steps to protect our land and our institutions. And we can also be certain that our great president at this very moment is taking just those necessary protective steps. So in the meantime, good night, and we will remain on the job.